I'm Jim and this is On The Left Side, The Funny Football Show. I would say Marcus Rashford was a mad dog. Yeah, but with all the respect for the dogs, because I love them. For the most part, you can pretty much predict how every single player's post-match interview is going to go, right? We're disappointed slash delighted. We're focusing on the next game, or we think we can turn it around in the next 90 minutes. That predictability is probably why it's the managers in the league that are providing all the entertainment right now. And it's also why it is vital that the managers in the Premier League can speak English. Forget communicating with their players or getting their tactics across or any of that bollocks. I mean, they need to be able to speak English so we can be entertained, damn it. Thankfully, most managers are well aware of this fact, and even one of the newest additions to the country is keen to learn the English language. Arsenal boss Uriah Emery has turned around the fortunes of the Gunners on the pitch, and he's using the Gunners to learn English as well. And the shooters and the pistols, because he's been watching a certain violent box set to help him pick up the lingo. In the evening, if there's a choice between watching football and watching... A soap opera. What would you choose? Now I am I am watching uh, English series for my English for improve my English. Picky plendies. <laughs> it's good, but it's difficult. This is from is from for Birmingham, and it's very aggressive. <laughs> but it's good. It's good. It's the perfect solution. Arsenal always seem to lack that little bit of grit and aggression at the end of Wenger's reign, and now. Emery can model his managerial style on Thomas Shelby. I mean, I would have loved to have heard the half-time talk in this weekend's London derby. Right, Ozil. I'm not fucking happy with that performance, you useless sod. Xhaka, you need to go and plant one on that Harry Kane, sharpish. By order of the peaky fucking gooners. Learning the English language from TV shows isn't a new thing for football either. Whilst Emery is learning the language from a group of violent criminals, when West Ham defender Pablo Zabaleta first came to England, his teachers were a little bit more sedate. The English teacher, she said to me, listen, the best way to learn English, she told me about Conradenshaw Street. (laughs) And I hear he does a great Mavis impression to rival Les Dennis. No wonder he wanted to move to West Ham. After the high drama of Coronation Street, there's only one place to go, isn't there? Although I don't think even Grant and Phil Mitchell could prepare you for the drama, chaos and catastrophe at the London Stadium this season. Is this a normal thing? Is this how footballers learn to speak English from the telly? If so, what the hell was Harry Kane watching? Rocky? The feeling that I can't really describe and just one I won't forget and... What about Sergio Aguero, seven years in Manchester, and still the Argentine can't speak a single word of English? Forget the big contracts or managerial praise, what that man really needs is a Netflix subscription. And if anyone ever needed motivation that they should be learning English, then how about the potential to be caught up in the hashtag MeToo movement for some unwanted sexual advances? Because that's the line that German Lothario and part-time Bond villain Jürgen Klopp was treading during his brief exchange with his assigned media translator this week ahead of the Champions League. It's a very erotic voice, by the way, the translator. Wow. Again, please. (laughs) He was, by the way, referring to the voice in his ear rather than the voice we heard on the clip. I think, but you never know. I've been to Berlin. Those Germans are a funny lot. 
There's me thinking that the term sexy football was supposed to refer to what was happening on the pitch, rather than what's being said in the post-match press conferences. But maybe Klopp's onto something here. Sexy voice added to football equals a way to even make Manchester United's games more exciting. Oh, have you been a bad boy? I bet it's not as bad as having Phil Jones and Chris Smalling as your centre-back pairing. I'm going to make you moan like Jose Mourinho in a post-match press conference. Actually, in a break from the norm, there was no shortage of excitement at Manchester United's 2-2 draw at St Mary's this weekend. And, shockingly, there was no moaning from the Manchester United manager after Jose's boys overcame the European giants, hilariously named Young Boys, with a very late goal to seal a place in the knockout stages of the Champions League in the middle of the week. I'm sure you've seen the video of the special one smashing the shit out of the water bottles when Marin Fellaini handled the ball and poked home. An act which I'm sure had United fans demanding that he acted the honest man and owned up to the infringement with exactly the same enthusiasm that they all did when Raheem Sterling tripped in the box a few weeks earlier, right? But for me, it wasn't the bottle incident, it was the post-match interview that really showed off Jose at his batshit crazy best. As usual, the Jose win isn't about his team, it's not about the goal scorer, it's not about the fans, it's about one thing. And that one thing is Jose Mourinho. For some of, of my lovers, I just want to say for the ones that like stats, 14 seasons in, in the Champions League, 14 times qualify for the, through the group phases. The season I didn't play Champions League, I won the Europa League. And I'm sure all the United fans will be delighted with their qualify for the knockout stages open top bus parade at the end of the season as well. There are those that will say that both the interview and kicking the water bottle like Chris Waddle kicks a penalty are all part of those famous Mourinho mind games. Taking the talking point away from his players and putting pressure onto his own pea-coated shoulders. I say, bullshit, he's just a fucking narcissist. He also seemed pretty tetchy when he was questioned on team selection by the assembled press after the match. You always speak about the ones that are not playing. So tonight you had Marcus Rashford playing as a nine. That's what you want, that's what you ask all the time, and you had. So don't speak about you left big names uh, outside. I kind of get his point here. It's what everyone wanted. People ask for Rashford, he plays Rashford, then he gets slammed for playing Rashford and not playing Lukaku. But on the other hand... Why is he taking requests in the first place when it comes to his starting lineup? You're the Manchester United manager, mate. You're not a fucking DJ. And if he was a DJ, I wouldn't go and see him. He'd just play the same old boring record and refuse to take it off no matter how much everyone hated it and then spend five minutes talking about himself before playing it again. A bit like Steve Wright. That chat almost got Jose the award for the post-match interview of the week, but instead, that goes to Maradona. I asked for a jingle there. Did you? I bloody did. Every time this happens, um. post-match interview of the week needs a jingle. Something that goes, post-match interview of the week, da-da-da-da. Uh, okay, give us a minute. No, no, don't worry. It's too late now. Just get on with it. Yep, the Argentine handballing legend Diego Maradona made Michael Owen look like the greatest pundit on planet Earth with his comments after a Mexican First Division game. The first thing you hear in this clip is him being asked a question in Mexican about his views of the level of quality in the Mexican league. Now check out this for an insightful answer. What do you think of Liga MX, of level? No, the... 
Ironically, it's exactly the same answer that he gives to customs when he's asked if that little white bag of powder is really washing detergent. Smashing stuff. And an interview that makes Sol Campbell's comments on being appointed Macclesfield town boss look like thoughts picked directly out the mind of the bastard child of Nostradamus and Pep Guardiola. Big Soul has landed the boss's job way down in League Two with bottom of the table Macclesfield Town, who are hoping Campbell's experience on the pitch at the other end of the league can help them out of the danger zone. Hopes that must have been instantly dashed the second Soul opened his mouth and unveiled his master plan for the future. So for me, it's all about building. Uh, there's moments to kind of uh, be strong, there's moments to be daring. Isn't that a line from a Mariah Carey song? Moments to be strong, moments to be daring. No? All right, you carry on. I want football. I think we can play football, more football, to really uh, control the games. Groundbreaking. Bloody great idea. Not only play football, but play more football. The opposition are only playing 90 minutes of football. The suckers. We need to get out there and play 110 minutes of football. After everyone's gone home, sneak onto the pitch and pop a couple into the old onion bag. It's a bloody genius tactic. Why has no one ever thought of this before? <laughs> Say what you like about Sol Campbell. This is a man who clearly has his football management priorities spot on. I kind of came to the club just before Yeovil. Got a nice cup of tea, that was quite nice. Uh, no biscuits though, but uh, you know, we can rectify that. Brilliant. That's it, mate. Forget about your crumbly defence. Get yourself a crumbly hobnob instead. I can just see him handing in his January transfer targets request list next month. To bring some flair to the team in midfield, Hobnobby Solano. Shore up the back with Italian legend Gianluigi Bourbon and add a little bit of steel to that midfield with an absolute legend. It has to be Sergio Biscuits. Right, that's it for today's show. Thank you very much for coming and listening. Make sure you have subscribed to this show. If you've not subscribed yet, do it now. It's really simple. Just go into your app or however you listen to podcasts. There'll be a subscribe button. Click that now and you'll get the next show as soon as it's ready. I can wait. Done. Good. Also give us a follow on Twitter at on the left side and we'll see you next week for the next show. Next. On the left side is written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson.